I would say put limits on your narratives that suck. That's, <laughs> right. <laughs> that's right. But no. This is the Creative Double Shot, a conversation about building the creative life you want. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Ginger. If you want more creativity in your life, let's talk. Welcome to another episode of the Creative Double Shot. Welcome. Today. <laughs> Today we're talking about limitations and creative practice. And normally when we think of limitations, we think of it in a bad light. I think primarily, right? Like, yeah. oh, I don't want to be limited. Um, there are That's limits. a limiting belief system. Exactly. There are limits to what you can do. There's a speed limit. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. take it to the limit one more time. <laughs> also, yeah. alternatively, happy things or... Uh, positive things are put like the sky's the limit, and well, uh, right. So the possibilities are limitless. And, you yeah. know. So way back when, in one of the earlier podcast episodes, we talked about Phil Hansen, an illustrator. I believe he did pointillism, mm. but he realized at some point that he started getting this tremor in his hand, and he kept trying to control it more and more. And eventually, he went to a doctor, and the doctor said, "Well, hey, why don't you just roll with it?" And instead of trying to control it, because the more you tried to control it, the worse it got. And it was really cool because once he realized he, he couldn't draw like he used to, but he was still an artist, still had things to do and say, and wound up taking it almost to the extreme where he was doing like paintings with hamburger grease. And <laughs> he would do these like temporary matchstick illustrations and then burn, you know, burn them and basically started placing all these limitations on his work and came up with some pretty neat stuff. And there are ways that, you know, limitations can actually be a good thing. A lot of times when we approach our creative practice, you know, like the blank page or blank canvas, it's like, oh my gosh, I could do anything. Anything's possible right now, which seems like an awesome thing because the sky's the limit. Yes. But all, it can be paralyzing or it can make it difficult to finish things because you're never settling on one thing. So, you know, but I was wondering in your visual art creative practice, what are some things maybe that you've done to place limits in order to achieve a result, I guess, is maybe. Yeah. The, well, one of the most popular ones, of course, in the painting world is to limit your color palette mm -hmm. because what you discover is that you can make a billion colors with three colors. Right, Mixing right, them yeah. together, maybe a little white and or black and or so just a limit. So you're not limiting at all. No. Yeah, no, <laughs> Plus totally. Plus purple and green. <laughs> and no. <laughs> you get brown. All my paintings are brown. So for a long time, I sort of made a conscious choice. I mean, there were, there were a couple of years in there where I made a conscious choice. Like today, I am using turquoise, gold, and white. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. turquoise and gold, it's pretty hilarious, really, because I've tried to limit those two colors. Over the years, you mean to you not know, use to them? not, yeah, or I mean, excuse yeah. me, yeah, to to set the limitation of like, all right, I'm not allowed, and I can do it for like a week or two, and then I just, I always come back to teal somehow, somewhere. Well, it's, it's your just, signature color. Well, and it's it, my in my soul. What do you think that is? I, I know this is a little bit of an aside, but to, <laughs> is it just that it's the richness and the the extra oomph that it adds to your paintings? You think? Something. Yeah, I don't. Cool. I do not know, except that it's a soothing. And they've, you know, psychologically, blue is supposed to be a soothing 
color it's yeah the ocean the sky the whatever the vast limitless depths of the infinite ocean how how comforting yes <laughs> so sinking to the bottom of the so sea. i don't know if it's a yeah it's a soothing it feels yeah. like home it's comfort i don't i'm not sure and so when you do that limitation do you like when those times where you said i'm not going to use these colors what do you think it was that ultimately made you go I need to kind of go back to that color. Is it like a comfort zone? Is it, I mean, what, yeah, just. Yeah, I can't, I cannot articulate that, except that it's still in my studio somewhere and I know it. (laughs) So, and I haven't, I haven't used it. Well, never mind. I have gotten away from it quite a bit because I've been limiting my palette to more earth tones, Mm -hmm. muted colors, which have felt really good to me lately. And so I haven't had the, t- the teal on the table. Right. I've not yeah. had that. But might I add that yeah. it is a color that I take out when I am doing something on a more commercial level uh-huh. or gifts for people. So if I make a, a homemade birthday card, a lot of times it has teal in it because that's what people kind of know me for. But that's not the only reason, but that definitely adds into it a little bit. When I think about something that I'm going to put out there for sale, mm-hmm. because that's the comment I get the most often is like, I love that color. I love that. Yeah. Not everybody does, but quite that's a few of the people that buy my paintings like that color. That's definitely a, uh, another episode that we've probably already touched on, but <laughs> who are you creating for when you're creating? Exactly. But uh, yeah, no, super cool. Yeah. And so... What about, what are some other things that that you do in the studio to put constraints on what you're working on? Oh my goodness. So I had a perfect example for this, from this week. I was sitting there amongst my things. I looked around and I had on my work table, which is about six feet long, three feet wide, soft as a Grandma's feather Grandma's bed. Grandma's feather bed. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Somewhere John Denver's smiling in his glider plane. Uh, anyway, yes, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Didn't get much done, but we had a lot of fun. Yeah. So anyway, I, I, uh, <laughs> I was sitting there amongst my things, and I was looking at, okay, I had markers, colored pencils, charcoal, regular pencils, paint. And I looked around at my stacks of my sketchbooks. We've talked about my sketchbooks mm-hmm. before. Twelve sketchbooks. Oh, wow. On the table, <laughs> open. So they were stacked up, but they were open to pieces that I had either been working on or I had come across yeah. again looking through like, oh, yeah, I forgot I want to explore this concept. And so I'm constantly afraid of forgetting something really important that I wanted to work on. So I leave it out for Uh, myself as a visual cue. Well, after three days, I've got 25 things open to, you know, be thinking about. And it's too much. So then I have this compulsion to clean up. Well, then my inner critic goes, you just want to clean up To to avoid working on something. But then I have another part of myself that believes that if you have the impulse to do something, mm-hmm. then it's probably okay. It's probably an inspired, you know, something. So because I felt this impulse to clean up, I thought I'm going to limit myself. I really want to focus on drawing materials this week instead of painting. 
which is another aside. It's hilarious because my in one page of my journal, I had written, I need to do more painting. <laughs> and then the very next day, I was like, but I really feel like drawing. <laughs> so the limitations, that's interesting, right? There have definitely been, we've talked about how sometimes when you set limitations for yourself, you immediately want to do the thing that you've limited Absolutely. yourself from doing. Absolutely, like hot fudge Sundays. I'm just going to mention that. <laughs> um, <laughs> can't stop thinking about that's it. That's right. But, so what I did is I just gave into that impulse to clean up. I put away a lot of those sketchbooks except for one. I had my drawing, just my markers. I thought, I'm just going to have markers and marker paper, which is nice, thick paper that doesn't bleed through to the other side. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's glorious. And so I had that out. So then the next morning when I came in, I felt this beautiful sense of relief and excitement. Like, oh, yeah, I was just going to work on this. And it felt really good to just go in there and... Having set those limits felt really good. Yeah, because you, I think part of that comes from that you don't have the burden of making a decision. Yes. You're like, oh, I can come in here and I can just get started because I've already made that decision. Um, I always think of when I was a kid and I used to clean my room. That was when I was happiest to sit down at my desk and do work because then it was like, there's the thing I'm working on even if it's not something I really want to work on, but there's nothing else and it just feels, it felt good. It was, uh, it was calming, I think is mm -hmm. the word you used, right? And um, so you have, you have color palettes, you have uh, your space. Um, what about things like uh, canvas size or medium? I know we've talked a bit, little bit about, I mean, you kind of alluded to having all this stuff on your, your workspace and so, you know, it was overwhelming, but choosing to only work in a certain medium versus having all possibilities. It would make my life a lot easier in a lot of ways <laughs> yeah. if I did set limits on particularly sizes and type. But I go back and forth because my favorite thing to work on really is paper mm -hmm. or panel. So I really like there's something about that. Canvas is not my favorite. Ah, right on. Yeah, and sure. yet canvas is so easy and it's... Like, it's so accessible and a lot of people like it. You know, there I go again. Yeah. But really, I mean, the commercial side, it's just very easy to hang up a canvas. And it's interesting in thinking about this episode and, and limitations and how the idea behind it, like the Embrace the Shake Guy, isn't so much that, I mean, you're talking about how it makes things easier. Like, right. oh, if I just do this, I don't have to think about it, which is nice. but also. The hope is, is that if you do some of these limitations, and I suspect you've encountered this, is that it'll also, by working in a narrower, narrower space artistically, that it actually opens up new doors and makes you think about it differently than you would if you, say, you're working on a six-by-six six inch ca canvas versus a six-by-six-foot canvas. Right. And how do you make the most of the space and, and stuff like Absolutely. that? Absolutely. I was listening to Tim Ferriss interview uh, Margaret Atwood. Uh, just last night, and I didn't get through the whole thing, but it was interesting because she was talking about how she basically writes from the hip. You know, she doesn't outline her stories or anything like that. And uh, I've tried that, and it it makes it seem harder for me to focus and feel like I can settle on an actual story versus like uncovering it, where for me outlining is more helpful. So in in some ways, outlining is a constraint too, right? It's a yeah. limitation. It kind of like, okay, well, this is what I'm going to work on. But then I also will use timed writing, which I've mentioned before, to kind of get out of my way so I can get the stuff down. It's like I only have 
I think I usually do like 30 minute or 45 minute chunks and I and then I set a, a word limit and or a word goal I should say and then just work toward that but knowing that you have that is kind of a way to limit your inner critic and all that stuff mm-hmm. from being part of that conversation which is super helpful got no time to critique this as I go I'm just going right and and another thing that I use and I'm, we all use as creatives is is choice right every time you make a choice you eliminate other choices so that becomes super helpful when I'm thinking about characters. A lot of times you'll start out a story and you'll have multiple characters. And as you read through it the second or third time, you're like, wow, you know, really these two characters are doing the same thing. So instead of having all these characters, I'm going to combine them and limit, you know, who gets to do that. And it, it's cool because it kind of helps make the one character much richer than the two characters um, because then they have multiple layers that are doing things. And, uh, Trying, yeah. trying to compress it and give it some, some, some of that depth, I think, is, is helpful by creating those limitations in writing. So um, it's interesting because you started broader mm-hmm. and went, yeah. And, and really, that's what you're always doing with all creative stuff, right? You're eventually imposing limits on it. Like when you decide you're done, you've imposed a limit. When you make choices, you impose limits. And, yeah. uh, and, when and some you, people do it line by line. Who did you say? Neil Stevenson. Uh, Neil Stevenson. Yeah. yeah, he he tends to write and get as most as complete a story down as he can as he goes, um, which is interesting too, right? And that's that's the other thing too. I was thinking about uh, one of the things I'd like to try is handwriting the next novel I write, handwriting the first draft and seeing what that's like because I think that would kind of create that same scenario that Neil Stevenson's dealing with. In fact, he does. He started handwriting his stuff when he wrote the. Uh, Baroque cycle, um, but I think it, it it requires you to be more intentional. And so you're like, okay, well, I don't want to have six thousand scratch outs in my <laughs> journal. Whereas if I'm on my computer, I'm like, yeah, delete, delete, delete. And so that's kind of a neat limiting thing. When I was taking my writing workshop a few years ago, we were given a writing prompt as a perfect limitation, right? And it's like, okay, write about this, and then you're like, okay, well, that's my constraint. So how can I write a story that I want to write? and have it be, you know, worth reading and all that kind of stuff. But it, it forces you to make decisions within a, a context. And I think that's always another thing too, right? It's like if you say, oh, I'm just going to do paintings of uh, field landscapes and you've created these limitations and how do you make that interesting to yourself as an artist, uh, I think is always a question that's helpful to have in the back of your mind. It's like, okay, well, I don't, I, in the writing workshop, I was, it was vampires and cockroaches. That was or vampire cockroaches, I think was the, right. and, and in truth, I, I wrote a horrible story <laughs> because I mean, we were under, well, we also had a time constraint. Wow. And, uh, because we were only there for a week and the idea was that you had been pitched by an editor in the bar at a convention. Hey, we have this anthology. It's on vampire cockroaches. Um, would you be willing to write a story? And you're like, yeah. And they're like, well, the, I need it by, you know, Tuesday. And it's like, oh God. And so I found I didn't, in that particular context, my imagination failed me. You know, I, I couldn't come up with something. I wasn't thinking outside the box. I was thinking very literal about mm. it, which was really fascinating learning process in and of itself. Um, and just kind of neat to see, to be able to recognize it and, and not beat myself up too much about exactly. not writing the story I wish I had written, you know. But uh, yeah, anyway, that's kind of a, another way to do limitations. I guess also like the space you work in too. Um, you know, you mentioned your table and your workspace, and sometimes I, I think that the sort of 
not a limit. It is a limitation. Like where if you say, I, I want to do my creative stuff, but I don't want to do it in the same space that I've been doing it. And so you take yourself out of that space, put yourself in a different context and it's still limited, but that maybe helps get the wheels turning or helps you perceive things differently. Yeah. Residencies and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. And that's an interesting one too, right? Like they always feel like uh, a very deep, intensive dive where you where that's the only thing you're doing, which in some ways is a limitation too, right? You're not in you're not imbuing your creative practice with your everyday life, and you're just like, hey, I'm. You can kind of let yourself just be in that space. I'm trying to think of some other limitations that that are sometimes imposed on us too, right? Like, well, time's a big one, depending mm-hmm. on. If you're raising children, if you have a job, if, you know, whatever your obligations might be, taking care of a, uh, an elderly parent, things along those lines, um, budget constraints. Mm-hmm. You know, I think of the, uh, the Embrace the Shake guy, and it's like, man, this guy showed that you can make pretty amazing art with some pretty uh, fleeting materials, but you can still make really neat stuff. Yeah. And I, I think we've talked about before, you know, oh, I need my conditions to be just perfect. I need this specific pen, these specific paints, and uh, I can't create without them. And you'll find that if you don't do that, you know, I'm going to use this 10 cent big pen and this uh, pad of, what, what was those, those pads that we used to get in uh, elementary school that were that weird brown paper that was horrible to write on? <laughs> um, and you, Scratchy. Especially when you would try to erase and it would just like, uh, it's probably uh, newsprint. I oh. get, uh, yeah, it was, yeah. it was exactly Thin, newsprint. terrible, yeah. But, uh, you know, but you, with a, a pen and that, you can do a, a billion things. You can draw, you can write, you can make origami swans, whatever. I had my first moment at work that I was sketching somebody. Yeah. And um, I failed to see the patron that was standing <laughs> in front of me. Waiting. So you were using your creative practice to limit your work awareness? <laughs> I hear you. Well, and now, speaking of flow Hopefully my states, boss doesn't listen to this. Hopefully they do. <laughs> Hi, Nathan. Um, yeah, it, the flow state. You were in the flow state. Absolutely. And uh, that was just a pen and a little piece of scrap paper. Well, I, I was trying to think of some other, other ways, you know, that, that limitations can be helpful. And, and I don't have any scientific research, but I do think what it does is it forces, like if you put the limitations on your brain, it forces you to think about things differently. And that's always good for your brain in general, right? Um, and by doing that, it can probably be a wellspring of new inspiration or ideas about where you want to take your creative practice or a particular project. It doesn't have to be your whole creative practice. And I'm kind of fascinated with this idea of the messy studio versus the clean, organized studio. And, you know, there are two camps. The one who, you know, the one group, I mean, there are probably more than two camps. Well, I was but there say, are... it's a spectrum probably, right? <laughs> yeah, like yeah. most things. But at two ends are yeah. the people who say, look, you need to have an organized studio so that you can embrace the chaos in your mind. And ah, then other yeah. people say, no, you have to have a messy studio to, you know, have access to all of your whatever. Yeah. I'm not sure. But well, the, and the reality is, is that maybe sometimes you need one, sometimes you need the other right. and that's okay. You know, there's always the, well, the pantsers and plotters, right? Yeah. There's always the, oh, you're either this or that. It's like, well, or I'm both and I do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, yeah. So there are limiting beliefs, like putting limits on your beliefs and your narratives, not good. But putting some limits on your practice can be good. 
I would say put limits on your narratives that suck. That's, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's right. But no, yeah, it gets um, complicated. <laughs> but I think I, I think there's ideally an intentionality behind it, and uh, and also embracing like if you have these limitations that you can't control, embracing those and mm. being like, mm. okay, well, instead of being angry or, or right. upset, railing that I, against them, yeah, yeah, like I'm going to embrace this and it's okay, and let's see what I can get done in an hour. Let's see what I can get done with this nub of a pencil. Or I found a golf pencil in my car, and I'm writing on the back of a, my insurance card. Uh, <laughs> which I've never done because that sounds awful. Mm. I could never do that. No, <gasps> just kidding. Uh, I think a big thing is if you find yourself kind of sputtering in your creative practice or you're, you're not sure where to go next, try limitations because that'll give you a framework within which to, to do your thing. Um, I know for writing, there are, usually, there are a lot of anthologies out there that are themed and they're looking for specific things. And sometimes you might be lucky enough to actually have something written that fits it or you're like, okay, I'm going to try and write something. I have a limited amount of time and, and uh, see, what, see what comes out of it. And I think another way you could do, you could limit yourself to kind of get yourself unstuck too would be maybe to not only try a different medium, but try a different art form. Say you're a visual artist and you decide, hey, I'm going to get a bunch of clay and start messing mm -hmm. with that. Like not necessarily like doing pots and things like that, but just shapes and you know, just something to kind of get the brain thinking about things differently, thinking in different dimensions, I think is a good thing. I think uh, music's always a good one. Absolutely. Uh, you know, whether you're listening or playing, just, yeah, exercising those different parts of the, the brain and the body too, right? Like playing music and you're, you're strumming and you're, you're chording if you're playing guitar or, you know, chording and I don't know what you call it with piano when you're tinkling, right. tickling the ivories, <laughs> tinkling, tinkling, don't tinkle on the ivories, it's a bad idea. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, dancing. Yeah, dancing is good. But yeah, just any kind. Even walking, right? Mindful walking. I've definitely been on walks before where I don't have anything with me, and maybe I build a little cairn out of the rock. Called a cairn. Yeah. Out of rocks next to the creek. Yeah. Like especially when our child was small, <laughs> That's and right. they'd be playing in the creek, <laughs> and I would be drawing with water and sticks on the, on the rocks in the sun. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. So yeah, I mean, limits can be good or bad, but generally I think they can be positive if you can recognize them and lean into them. Yeah, make them part of the process instead of thinking that they are taking away from your process or limiting. Yeah, if you can... Yeah, the limits <laughs> limiting my process. But yeah, if you can kind of, if you recognize you're getting frustrated or whatever, you can take a deep breath, take a step back and examine that. And especially if you're, you're in your mind, you're going, well, if only, if only this, if only that, we're always uh, striving for better, newer, and which isn't bad, but it also can, can hinder the, us being in the now. And, yes. and, that, and that's ultimately what this comes back to, right? Always. It is very much being in the moment focusing on where you are versus where you think you want to be or should be or any of that kind of stuff. So that's the, I think the final takeaway in all this is that the, the limits are, they just are. Mm. That's it for this week's episode of the Creative Double Shot. And Go out there and limit yourself. Yeah. If people say you're so limited, you're like, you're darn tootin'. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time on the Creative Double Shot. <laughs> see ya. Thank you.